You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Before we jump into today's show, we have some exciting news to share with you. Our brand new online community platform is now live. Get access to free on-demand, in-depth training courses on topics like infinite banking, cryptocurrency, real estate investing, and much more. Just go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com. Or check out the show notes of this episode to find the direct link to request to join the community. Now, on to the show. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today, my co-host, Nick Costco. Welcome, Nick. Hey, thanks a bunch for having me. We're going to be brief today, aren't we? We are going to be brief because we've got some great information to share that we just uh, uh, had in the session on the community. And if you haven't checked out our community, it's the Create Tailwind community, and you can get there by going to community dot create tailwind.com you can also go to your friendly apple or android store and just type in create tailwind all one word and you'll find us there too come in and join and what we're going to just uh, share with you today uh, we had a we had a great live q a which we have every thursday at two o'clock we had a great uh, live q a and uh, we had recorded it and we said, hey, wait a second, this was a, a good episode uh, to share with our podcast community. And uh, you're gonna learn something. Uh, we addressed some frequently asked questions. Um, and also you're gonna say, hey, wait a second, maybe I wanna join that live q and I've got a question I wanna ask and uh, you'll be able to do that. Awesome. Well, without further ado, let's get to the episode. We do have a question from the audience. Besides becoming your own banker, what are some other good IBC books? Um, so that's that's a great question. Uh, not in any particular order, I would say um, a case for IBC. Um, building your warehouse of wealth, easy for me to say. Um, how privatized banking really works. Um, you know, I think if you're using it for debt, Dwayne Burnell's books, uh, yeah. Freedom in the 21st Century is, is a good book um, for debt. Well, you um, think about, like, if, if you're Austrian economic-minded, if you're trying to understand, like, um, a little bit of inner workings of, of you know, the financial system, you know, how privatized banking uh, really works is a, is a great tool. It kind of depends on your, your interest, right? Yeah. If you kind of get to yeah. the, get to a, the point type of person, um, the case for IBC is a great tool. You know, yeah. I always say my, yeah. my mom's favorite of all the books was uh, building your warehouse of wealth. You know, it, it, it didn't, it wasn't a technical book to read, you know, it was, it was a little, uh, you know, uh, more abstract, right? And Nelson talks, uh, you get a, you get a Bible lesson in there too, and some history lessons of, of the world in there. Um, you know, it, it, these aren't IBC books, but you know, what's, what's more important, Jim, right? Like, is it, is it the policy or is it our behavior? Well, of course it's our behavior, right? So, um, people bring up, uh, rich dad, poor dad all the time. 
It's not an IBC book, but it's about going and playing that game. So you take rich dad, poor dad, you know, uh, play the game cash flow. You want to, if you want to sit and you don't want to read a book, you know, if you got kids under 10 or 12, get uh, cash flow for kids. If you got kids over that age and adults, you know, it, people might look at it and see a board game that costs 90 bucks or whatever, but I guarantee you it's, it's better than any financial course uh, you'll ever pay for, um, yeah, yeah. you know, at some university or whatnot. Right. It, it's yeah. it's yeah, phenomenal. I, I think it's the best hundred dollars or less. I think it's a little <laughs> bit less than hundred bucks. The best hundred dollars you could spend on teaching yourself and um, your children about money and how money works and what the goal is. You know, the um, there's other, you know, one of the books I think is just overlooked and it's one of Kiyosaki's books. And I think it has the worst title of any book that I could imagine him putting together and it's Second Chance. So people think, well, to read that book, I need the need a second chance but it's such a good book and it it in the audible version of it is very good as well um but it goes through a lot of information so a lot of cash flow quadrant a lot of rich dad poor dad a lot of of the different books that he's written and um and and it, and it touches on these different concepts and um there's a little bit of the book that's a little bit out there like uh, but, but it's so good. I mean, it's so worth it. And, um, I even think that a basic book, like the richest man in Babylon, just it, it, to me, like people think that the book, the richest man in Babylon, the message is, you know, pay yourself first. Okay. I get that, you know, save 10% of everything that you earn, but it's, you know what the biggest message to me in that book is, Nick, is you can't do what everybody else is doing. You know, I mean, so they're sitting on this hill and there's him and his friends and his friends are like, hey, we've all made about the same amount of money. We we're all about the same age, but yet you're so far ahead of us. What, um, you know, what did you do or what do you know that we don't know? And he kind of goes through the tenets of what, um, you know, what he learned or what he knew uh, um, to become the richest man in Babylon. And, and uh, I like that he was different. And then another thing that he says is invest in what you know. And yeah. uh, I was just on a call, um, uh, a webinar before this with a person in Utah who works with dentists as business owners, provides all kinds of services to them so that it's turnkey. And I'm just telling you that this woman, she's like, she hasn't started infinite banking yet, but her understanding of it is like, she's years ahead of where she should be. Like, yeah. Just literally years ahead. And uh, I, she might be a more advanced than anybody I've ever seen on a first meeting. And, <laughs> uh, and I told her that, and she's like, already got it, you know, like, okay, I, I want uh, policies on me, on my kids, on my business partners, on my, and I just want as much money flowing through here as I can get instead of flowing through somebody else's bank. And, and I'm, and I just thought, okay, uh, one, like, where did you get all that? 
And, you know, so <laughs> she's been in business for a long time. She's uh, uh, a young person like myself. So uh, she obviously has learned a lot of good things along the way. Everything's relative, right? And yeah. you got to think about like, where are you right now? You know, are you in the mindset that there, there's a problem? And you're trying to figure out that there's a problem or have you already figured out there's a problem and you're like, hey, what's the solution? And, you know, Kiyosaki, you know, it's, you know, in second chance, he's really just saying, hey, rethink your thinking about what yeah. you thought about yeah. money, right? And Nelson asks us to do the same thing. He sets it up in the book because if you're not willing to rethink your thinking, if you've got a rival syndrome, none of those two tools are worth a darn, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you so, know, that, that reminds me of another meeting that I had earlier in the week, Nick, and um, this person was like, okay, so my cash value in the first year, and, you know, when as soon as they said that, I thought, okay, like, is that the goal, to have the highest cash value in the first year? And, and you know, they, <clears throat> they, they b believed that... Um, <clears throat> that they were getting good advice about infinite banking. And they also believed that, and I, I guess I'll just, I'll just tell you what, like how, how, how it was described. So this person was approached by a Northwestern mutual agent, right? And the Northwestern mutual agent, because Northwestern mutual isn't set up well to do IBC and take loans from Northwestern mutual, their advice was, I have a bank that'll give you a loan. <laughs> and uh, um, so th that, therefore there's no direct recognition. And for anybody in the audience that doesn't, doesn't know what I mean by direct recognition is when you take a loan from certain companies like Northwestern Mutual, they reduce your dividend on the collateralized money. Now, remember when you take a loan from your infinite banking system, your money doesn't go anywhere. You're borrowing the insurance company's money. So when you borrow money from Northwestern Mutual, from their company, they will reduce what you're being paid on dividends for that collateralized money. Okay. So <clears throat> I don't want to have a reduction in my dividend, Nick. And, but the funny thing is, is that that's showing that Northwestern Mutual really doesn't want you to do it. But this person says, but I got a solution. I got a bank that'll loan you the money. And I'm like, okay, so now the interest is going to the bank. The bank is controlling everything. The bank could call that line of credit. They could convert it, right? There's all kinds of things. The bank is now back in control. And so, you know, like this person said something like, and, and I know that uh, based on Comdex ratings, Northwestern Mutual is the best company out there <laughs> because they have a hundred Comdex rating. Well, you know, again, Nick, I know you already know this, but audience, you probably don't, is in 2008, there was a company, actually it's the largest insurance company in the United States, happens to be a stock company, but it was 100 Comdex right? It was AIG. Now, if you do any reading about AIG, you'll find out that 30 days later, they were insolvent. And we had to bail them out. And the reason we had to bail them out is they had gambled 
heavily gambled. I'm not talking, I'm talking about roulette, maybe Russian roulette. And um, it was AIG had invested in derivatives. And if you understand derivatives, the derivative market is a, is a multiple of the world's GDP, which it's, means that they could bring down the whole, uh, the, the global economy because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's gambling. It's a bet. <clears throat> 20 people in a division in London, England for AIG almost took down the largest insurance company in, <clears throat> in, in the country. But let me ask you a question. I mean, the ratings companies, they had to know about this derivatives division, right? I'm sure. So that had to be a potential liability. How were they rated 100 on Comdex? There's no, there's no, uh, there's no um, responsibility in the rating. Right. Right. They're not I mean, fiduciaries. I mean, they're, it's, they're, they're, they're for uh, sale. Paid, paid, paid for, right? Those of you that don't know what a derivative is, it's basically an insurance contract on an insurance contract, which can keep going. And as Warren Buffett said, um, they are financial nuclear weapons. <laughs> and they are not to be played with. And, you know, to Jim's point, some of the carriers that are most ideal for IBC don't have the highest ratings because they don't play in the derivatives market. They're not, they're not uh, swimming, uh, you know, with the current of the financial currents uh, in that regard, because they're so ridiculously conservative. Jim, we have a, I don't know if you remember this conversation a week or so ago, we got another new client who had an, was talking to uh, another friendly Northwestern person. And that guy was encouraging him to do IBC so much that he actually got an illustration from a different carrier to show this client. <laughs> so uh, wow. he knew he knew that Northwestern Mutual was not ideal for this or that there was some there's some uh you know penalty to him using his product to do IBC that he went to uh an outside shop to get an illustration. It's fascinating yeah. to me. Now think <laughs> about this for a second though Nick is you're going to have these policies for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years in some cases, right? I mean, Nelson had a policy in 2018 when he passed, was it 2018? Uh, 2019? Uh, in, in, he bought it in the 1950s. Okay, so almost 70 years he had that policy. Do you want to be with a company that doesn't like what you're doing for 70 years? <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, most of the time when you meet somebody that is, uh, you know, they're celebrating their 75th wedding anniversary, it's not because they're on separate pages. You know, they're, yeah. they're, it's not because <laughs> one of them likes uh, Italian food and the other one hates it. You know, I mean, they're they're in sync. And so yeah. I want to be in sync with my insurance companies. And 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 so. Um, yeah, how's the servicing really important. Work? Yeah, how's the servicing work in that situation? Right? Like, yeah. hey, you want a loan? Like, look, look, you know, our our awesome office manager Kelly, you know, had three days away with her with her daughter and and by all means deserve that. And we had some client requests this morning where we had some kind of urgent loan requests. Guess yeah. what? Yeah. 
look what's happening. These our clients are going to have their money tomorrow. Yeah, on Good Friday. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty uh, incredible, right? That's very can, incredible. Can, and and you know, <clears throat> we on the flip side of that, I had a client today that was uh, about seven or eight years into their IBC experience and building their um, IBC system, and they um, had a um, loan request it's been over three weeks with a company that is going through some struggles um up in ohio that we used to think was as a solid company and um i would tell you that this person is you know they're not like desperate for the money but they're frustrated and um you know what what if you missed out on an opportunity because of that yeah i mean to me that's just that's not forgivable what other what other questions does the audience have today don't like like we said raise your hand type in the the uh q a box um there and uh what else has been on what else has come before us here uh jim i mean we, we had a conversation earlier with a newer client and you know he had, he had two quick questions you know once okay. i showed him my, our, our offer and one was uh how long does it take to get a loan that first time you know he he was unclear you know because he was just so excited about funding his policies like hey but you know i'm gonna put thirty thousand into this thing what if i have a need in my business uh you know pretty quickly he goes i'm, I'm a solopreneur you know uh was his was his words and i said yeah. listen you, you put that 30k in you you can borrow 18 of that right away so I'm not going to try to overpromise you, but you know, roughly 20 days on that first one. We got some some behind the scenes things that happen in terms of establishing the policy. And there are cases we could do it faster for you, um, but those things aren't necessarily in our control when you establish the policy. After that, um, can happen extremely quickly. And his next question was, how long do I need to fund? the the paid up additions and how long do I need to fund the base? That's what he was thinking about. So you want to talk about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, on, on funding the, um, the PUA and funding the base, you have to look at what those two different things represent. Right. And imagine it being two different columns of a ledger and let's start on the left side of the ledger. If you're visualizing this and those, all those dollars are dollar for dollar. And I'm just going to use 100,000, um, Nick, because it's a round number. We can see the percentages. So if I'm yeah. putting $100,000 a year into my infinite banking system, then on the left side, the PUA side, I'm going to put in 60,000. And that first year, I'm going to have 60,000 to use, right? It's always dollar for dollar. It doesn't matter what year you fund. On the whole life side, because you really are establishing something that you're going to be the customer and the owner of right and um and the owner always makes it an investment in the beginning you're gonna have let's just say 60 percent a little maybe a little bit better available on uh, uh on the total amount but on the forty you you're gonna have like very little like say two thousand okay so that means okay. i'm gonna put in a hundred i'm gonna have about 60 ish right maybe 62 somewhere in that range all right. Okay. So in the beginning, you think, well, that's not a very good deal. Why would I ever do that? Right. Okay. But <laughs> the next year, you're going to have 95% of the, 
of what you put in, right? So you're going to put in 100, have about 95. The next year, it's about the same. And then the third year, it's going to be really, really close to dollar for dollar or, I mean, the fourth year, really close to dollar for dollar or maybe even a little bit better. Okay, so then it takes three years kind of, let's say, to um, fund your business because now you have a banking business. And what I mean by that is every dollar that comes in, you have more than a dollar to, to use and it only gets better and better every single year, right? So, yeah. so imagine in our, in our ledger, right? On the left side, we have dollar for dollar coming in. And on the right side, we start to see this leveraging. So I'm going to put in 40. Let's say I'm going to have 45. Really doesn't matter. Anytime I have more than what I put in. And I know that every single year that's going to get better and better and better. Every year, guaranteed. <clears throat> well, why do I still want to put money in a, in a fund that's dollar for dollar? Well, I probably don't if I understand that what Nelson says in the book, that I'm going to need a series of policies. Okay. If, it's, if I only have one policy, and for whatever reason, I'm not thinking of it as a series of policies, then maybe I keep on funding the PUA, right? But here's the cool thing. It's the same policy. If I fund the PUA in the fifth year, if I don't fund it in the fourth year, it's the same policy. And with the companies that we use, we can go multiple years without funding it and then kick it in again. So if I have a windfall or something like that, right? So I have a lot of flexibility, but where I'm getting the most bang for my buck is on the base whole life side. Because in year 10, I might, in that policy that I mentioned, the 100,000 with 40,000 a base and 60,000 a PUA, I might put in like 40,000, Nick, and have 60,000 to use. Okay, so let me ask you a question. You write me a check for 40,000. I turn around and write you one for 60,000. You okay with that? Absolutely. How many times today do you want to do that? Well, how many times will you do it? <laughs> exactly. As many as I will, right? Now, here's another question. And, and I want the audience to think about this in their head. That first check. With that rate, that that uh, ratio, I put in forty. I have sixty to use. How big do I want that first check? Yeah, this is where Nelson says, "Don't be afraid to capitalize." <laughs> Don't be afraid to capitalize. I mean, if I could write the check for four million, even if I had to borrow the four million, and you're going to give me access to six million, I'm good. Because yeah. guess what? I win because I'm going to yeah. go put 6 million in motion and it only costs me four to do it. Yeah. It, it just comes down to, you know, really understanding Nelson's principles and then go and put it to work. So it's now I got to think I've capitalized my system. We're not putting this money on the shelf, right? It's not it's some investment that I'm getting a bill for every year or every month that I'm going to go, I got to part with that money. I mean, you and I both get bills on the mail all the time. I don't really care to pay those things. But when right. I get a premium notice, that's different, right? That means I get to take my money out of my commercial bank and put it in to a, a financial institution 
that I own and control. And then what do we do? We go put it to work. And, and it's that constant motion of thinking like the bank, the bank's lending department uh, is arguably the most important department. And we got to go, we got to go find a place to put it to work. And, you know, if you're, if you're at the place where you got a lot of debt and you need to go recapture some of that interest that you're paying to other institutions and wipe out those debts. If you're, if you're ready to go put it to work for cash flow assets, find the who's, find the who's that, that can provide deal flow for you. So if you were an executive, let's say you're working at um, whatever public company, like let's say Twitter. Okay, we're gonna use Twitter today, right? Because Twitter's in the headlines. And you have <laughs> stock options, right? Okay. And one of those um, comes up you and you, you, you have the ability to exercise it, right? How does that work? I mean, you got an option at a price, right? Yeah, I get to buy it. Right. And then that price, you get to buy it at that price. And then it could be worth more than what you were offered on that option. Right. And so like, let's just say that it was the price was that your option was for a dollar and the current price was $2. Would you see that as a bill? Like, oh my gosh, they, they say I can put a million dollars in that. I don't want to do that. Like you, you couldn't write the check fast enough, right? I mean, to me, that's what you're doing is you got, yeah, like that. You, you got something that came in and it says, hey, uh, your stock price of this insurance company is $40. And for your $40, we're going to give you $60 worth of uh, stock and access to $60. And it's even better than that because, hey, by the way, you can borrow some of our money against that $60,000 and go put it in play while your $60,000 is still here. Now, Jim, wait a second. With the policy, if you put in 40 and get 60 to use, there's got to be a catch. Well, there, yeah, there's a catch. You got to pay four, 4% <laughs> interest currently, it might be five if you have an older policy, on that 60000 Okay, so to use it, that's to use it to put it to work. But there's no catch to for your cash value balance to go up. There's a catch. There's no catch. But like, I I follow your analogy with the stock options. But in so many of those things, there's a catch, right? Your catch could be in your stock. That might sound great, but you can't sell it for six months. Right. Something like that. Right. Like there's there's. They, they got your hooks in you somewhere. It's not never a, a good deal, but with the policy, um, there's a catch. So let, let me ask you another question because this, this question did come in from a client yesterday and I, I answered him. He said, Hey, and this guy is in his early sixties. He's a budding real estate investor. Um, he's working on capitalizing his first policy and he's mulling over expansion. Okay. Okay. And he said, Nick, is there, what are the differences between a policy and using like a Roth? And he said, do you have anything I could read? You got any videos? Um, So I'll share, after you share a little bit, I'll share what I said to him. Well, there's a lot of things different, but, you know, let's, uh, you know, and 
there's a there's a couple of places that I normally go when somebody asks this question, but um, but let's just talk about a Roth in general first, right? Because then this will kind of answer the question. Is can you put unlimited amounts of money in a Roth? Nope. No. Is the government in control of the rules of the Roth? Yes. Okay. So. You know, and people say, well, it's not taxable. I've already paid the tax on that. All right. <laughs> Did you know Social Security originally was never going to be taxable? <laughs> but when the government controls something, then all bets are off. And if you are one of those people that say, I believe in the government, I think everybody who's running the government is, I mean, if that if you're that person, then infinite banking and freedom is not for you you know, uh, uh, dependence and slavery is for you. And then all you can do is hope to be a house slave, not a field slave. So I hope you're a doctor. I hope you're an attorney. I hope you're making a lot of money. And that way you can be happy paying all your money in taxes and being controlled. And when someday on your deathbed, if you ever wake up, you're going to say, oh my gosh, right? So that's the first place that I would start. The second is when you have a Roth, Okay, and you're going to take a loan, assuming you could take a loan from that Roth. Okay, what happens to the what if, if I took out, uh, let's say I had a, a $100,000 balance, and I took out 50 grand? What's growing? 50. That's right. Okay, so if I have a life insurance contract, and I borrow money from the insurance company, and I still and I have $100,000 of cash value, how much is growing? And you borrow, and you borrow fifty. All hundred is still growing. All hundred is still growing. That's right. And um, and and who decides? Like you know, like let's say I have a Roth, and um, I could borrow money from the Roth, but um, you know, I have all these different rules, and I have all this, you know, I mean, I have all these different um, uh, kind of nuances that I don't really understand. In the life insurance contract, there who's the most important player in the play? The owner. The owner. The owner has ultimate control. Who owns the policy? The policy owner. The, right. the customer, the insured. You're well, not always the insured, but you know what I mean. So what 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 control does the government have over my insurance policy? Zero. Zero. What control does the government have over my Roth? All, all of it. All of it. They made the rules. They made the rules, told me they were giving me a tax break. Aren't you a little suspicious that? <laughs> I mean, Nick, let me ask you a serious question. In your entire life, has it ever worked out well for you when the government makes the rules on your money? Uh, no. Nelson would say every government plan has wound up doing the exact opposite of what it was intended to do. You know why, right? Corruption and greed. Okay. Now what Chase Nelson would say too, is the life insurance contract is a contract between, um, between individuals, right? It's between, it's not part of the government. It's on the you and me level. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so, uh, you know, to me, all of the other shortcomings of the Roth, 
because um, I want to hear what you said. And I kind of maybe know some of the things that maybe you said, but all of the shortcomings really don't matter when you just, you know, it's, it's kind of like that person that says, I'm going to go get a better uh, interest rate from the bank. I'm going to borrow from the bank. Okay. Well, do you realize the pitfalls <laughs> that you have? I'm going to go buy universal life because my, my cash value in the first year is higher than, than anything else. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I, I mean, I, I said two things because I, that I knew I was just reminding him. Okay. And, and the first thing was I, I, I asked him as the what's the government's track record. Right. And, and uh, with their government programs. And, and then number two, you know, this guy's trying to put money to work into cash flow assets and have cash flow to live on. And I said, can you do that effectively with the Roth? Can you, there's, and he was like, oh, no, I said, with the, with that, there's a lot of rules about how, um, how you use the proceeds off of the quote unquote investment. I said, with the life insurance contract, you could literally take a max policy loan and go to Vegas with it and never pay it back. Like there's no rules to it. You are to your point, the owner, you're in first position, right? Nelson said, we need to get banking back to the you and me little. And you know, what's the golden rule, Jim? Whoever has makes the, gold the rules. Makes the rules. That's right. right. So who's in charge? And if you read, Nelson just belabored this once he realized on, on his hands and knees in prayer in the early 80s, the, the provisions of the contract says we're in control. Yeah. Right? I don't have to ask for the loan. I don't, I don't have to beg uh, about what I'm going to do with it. I don't have to give you my FICO. Uh, none of that. Right. We are in control. And um, he just responded, you know, I think I got one sentence back. Excellent. Thanks for the reminders. <laughs> you know, that's, I, I just knew he, it, you know, it's kind of like the bike, the backwards bike. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, it's been a couple months since we talked. I saw him on the Q&A, you know, a month or so ago. He just forgot. He had to be uh, put back on the bike again. It's funny because that noise is constantly fighting against our progress, right? <laughs> and um, in, in reminding people, I mean, that's why we're here. That's why we have this community. That's why we're putting the courses in the community. And it's to help people eliminate that noise. And you might go through and like watch one more lesson of, of one of the basic courses and say, oh, yeah, I just needed to remind myself of that. I just needed to, re you know, just a reinforcement. But what it kind of reminds me, Nick, is, you know, when you're planning your future and you're planning your financial freedom and one, you got to know what the goal is, right? It's not to build up this pool of money and then live off it for the rest of your life and hope that you don't run out of money. Okay, that's what they want to sell you, because then Wall Street and the banks get to control you for your entire life and the, and the government. Because, look, the government's not happy just controlling you for the 20, 30, 40 years that you're accumulating money. But then they want to control you while you're distributing the money. It's called required minimum distributions, right? What if I don't need the money? What if I hit the lottery? What if I sold my business? What if my, you know, 
rich uncle died. I don't want to spend the money. No, no, no. You need to spend the money. We want the tax, right? But it comes down to this. When it comes to your financial future, do you want failure to be an option or do you want failure not to be an option? Not to be an option. Not to be an option. So why would I try to save a half a point by using an outside bank or whatever? I don't even care if it was two points. Um, And it's not. But let's just say it was. Why would I want to let the government control my money? Why would I put up those threats? Why would I allow those threats in my life? Because as long and, and so if I'm in control, the only thing that can happen is I can make some really stupid decisions or make some mistakes. By the way, the latter you're going to do, you're going to make mistakes. But guess what? If I'm educating myself, right, then I'm not going to make a lot of mistakes. Do you have any doubt in your mind that if you hired one of the best, I mean, world-class marathon coaches, and they gave you a year, right, to train for a marathon, do you have any doubt in your mind that you could finish the marathon? Now, I don't want to stretch out over a year, Jim. I want to do like 12 weeks about all my... (laughs) Right. About all my knees will handle, but well, yes, you're, 40, I, you're, I know. you're 45. Look at 56. I'm thinking I might need a year to get to that point. I probably don't, but you know what I'm saying? So my point yeah, yeah. is, is that um, in all of these other things, somebody is saying, Hey, I'll go run for you. And then I'll let you know how we did. Hey, you know what? Today I was just a little <laughs> tired. You know, I didn't really run that hard. Well, okay. How did I do? Um, well, you get, you get 3% on your, on your run. Hey, you know what? I didn't run for a week. You lost money, right? Like, like, give me the opportunity to go with the miles in, right? I mean, are you yeah, betting I don't on want yourself? to put the miles in, huh? Yeah, people are always they don't have enough self confidence to bet on themselves. Yeah, we've been so we've been so pantsed, honestly. You know, the Bible um, says we, that we, our that that our lives are like vapor, right? They're short. Yeah. Okay, so. You know, we don't, I mean, you wouldn't want to, you know, like, could you imagine, you know, you're 20 years old, you got a billion dollars. Like what, what, what's an amount that you like, I can't mess that up. And you're just like, well, what are you going to do? I think you're going to sit up, you're going to sit on the uh, beach for the rest of your life, play golf every day for the rest of your life. I mean, um, first of all, I feel sorry for rich kids like that. Okay. Number one, but number two, (laughs) when I'm 90 years old, I go, well, that was a pretty boring movie. You know, that movie was pretty boring. Nothing really happened. I mean, the movies that we love is the struggle is the, is the, you know, Hey, I, I took a swing and I failed and I learned this and you know what the next time I, I, I hit a home run, you know, it's, it's that if somebody hit a home run every single time they were up, that would be boring. You want to see the struggle. You want to see the overcome uh, obstacles. And, you know, um, it's, it's, it, when we're looking at financial freedom and what IBC does is IBC aligns with financial freedom, with financial independence. Now our whole childhoods, all we're trying to be is independent, right? Now, maybe not this, uh, this, uh, this this generation is too i was gonna give a knock on this or on these young guys i don't want harper coming after me though um and uh but no everybody wants to moose on you 
everybody wants uh, uh, freedom, right? I mean, what's the alternative to freedom? Slavery. What's the alternative to independence? Slavery. Dependence, right? I mean, being oh, dependent, slavery. Yeah. yeah, but but it's everything that we go to for, for the government. Everything. Any any break that we get from the government makes us dependent and a slave. The bank always a catch. There's always a catch. And governments are look, we live in the greatest country in the world. Doesn't mean our government isn't corrupt. Doesn't mean the people that are running it aren't corrupt. They are. They're they're practicing legal plunder. They are stealing from us on a daily basis. Okay. Well, if somebody steals from me, guess what? I, I want to limit how much they're stealing from me because they're doing it legally. And they might not be subject to man's laws, right? But they are subject to God's laws. And one of these days, they're going to pay for that plunder, legal or not. So it's not my job for that, to take care of that. But that means I got to do everything that I can do within the law to fight against that and to yeah. use their rules and use their the opportunities and the loopholes and everything else to my favor or yeah. i'm just dependent and i'm a slave which at the end of my life i will kick myself for being that yeah yeah i here's the thing we'll, we'll wrap up here because i know our time's about up i i think you know we're grateful that so many people that we talk to, so many people in this com community, they, they, they figured out that there's a problem, right? But what we're talking about here is when we're, when we're right here in this conversation, it's easy to agree, right? It's easy for you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But be equipped. When you leave here and you go out into the world, just know the entire system is geared to get money to flow away from you and for other people to be in control of you and your money right? And we have to fight that nature. Remember, that's just, that would be just going with the flow and only the dead fish go with the flow. So, you know, go back to the core principles, go back and, and read uh, a page or two or more of Nelson's books. Um, pick up some Robert Kiyosaki, listen to these recordings, um, you know, watch a section of Tax Invisible or becoming your own banker on here in the, the coming uh, videos that we got going on. So it, it takes some effort, right um but once you see it and you do it long enough you're just not going to get fooled so easily on a day in and day out basis i know you and i we can't go anywhere and do a financial transaction the same way anymore like yeah. we're watching the guy in front of us buying something at target going well there there goes you see their bills for 500 bucks like well there's lost opportunity cost i don't care if you're paying the credit card or not <laughs> like yeah. we just know it's just a totally different thing for us so uh, don't feel bad if you fall off the bike. Uh, just be able to recognize that and reach back to us. Uh, we're your coaches, your guides uh, to help you along. But uh, that's my closing words, Jim. Thanks for everybody for uh, coming today. Uh, thanks for the questions that have been asked throughout the week. And um, we'll be back next week. Sounds great. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Later. All right, Nick. Well, you know what? I, uh, I really like those Q&As, and I like today just talking about some of the 
the questions that we had. And I know that sometimes people are hesitant to ask questions. And it just reminds me of when I was learning this and I had uh, the best person to ask questions that you could ever uh, hope for, <laughs> wish for, and that was R. Nelson Nash. But I sometimes would be a little bit nervous about asking him questions because he, you know, I thought, well, he's going to think this is the dumbest question in the world. And he never did. He, he as, as you know, he was one of the most gracious uh, people that you would ever meet in your life and patient people. And so he would answer my question, normally not directly, okay? But he would give me the path to find the answer myself, which I am truly grateful for. But I bring this up, Nick, because I want to, I, I tell people this and we tell people this is that you can ask us any question you want. And, and I think that that's powerful because if you're sitting there going, hey, um, I get infinite banking, but I have these questions. Right. I'll tell you what, we have people sometimes they take up half or more of the Q&A. They'll just keep on firing questions. They're on a roll that day. And I love it because that means you're seeking knowledge, right? But knowledge doesn't right. mean, knowledge doesn't equal understanding. That's where the Q&A comes in. If you want to yeah. understand infinite banking better, be on those Q&As. That's right. Well, listen, enough of us today. Our audience has heard us talk a lot today. So... Uh, how you want to send us out today? Well, we're going to send uh, everybody out the way we always send everybody out with some uh, one of the greatest recordings of all time. So take it away, Earl. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now, let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.